Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. How are you guys doing today? Is everybody good? Come on. How many guys are excited about what Jesus is going to do in your life on this brand new year, right? How many guys are excited about that? Yes. So Man, we are so pumped to be in our new series, Dream Again, and we just hope that uh, you are here, you are ready for what I believe God wants to do in your life. And I'm Brad Livingston, and I'm the lead pastor of this amazing church uh, with some amazing people in it. And so we just pray that God is going to do something great in your life today. And so, yeah, we're just super excited. We want to jump straight into what we have for you today as we're getting ready for a number of things that are coming up this month. We got some amazing things happening. But uh, like Charity said, don't forget, you can check out our digital notes if you want to follow along with us, or uh, you've got different note options uh, in your worship guides as well. And so let's jump into what we have today. So how many guys have ever in your life at some point or another had a dream? Now, I don't mean like a dream, like you fell asleep and you ate too much pepperoni pizza the night before, so you had indigestion and you was running from zombies or something. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, how many guys have ever had, you, you had a dream for your life? Like, you had something that you knew you wanted to set out, you, you wanted to accomplish, you wanted to do something, you wanted to go somewhere, you're going to build something amazing, right? And so what, what I know is that this year, I believe God wants to genuinely spark and reignite a dream in your life, in your heart, in your spirit, and in so many other ways. I believe that uh, one of the things, or a few of the things that God has put on my life, like on my heart for my life. And so I want to give you just a short list of my dreams um, that God is just saying for 2020, this is what I want for you. And so, man, just to communicate it. And I hope that it inspires you a little bit. And the one thing that God has put on my heart is health. Now, uh, health as in like run a 5K, actually, yes, that is my goal for 2020. I'm going to run a 5K, but yeah, absolutely, which means I need to start today for December 31st because your boy loves pizza and sushi and tacos and cheeseburgers. Oh, man, I'm I'm just kidding, but... But the one that God put on my heart, and, and matter of fact, he's, it's kind of what he's put on my heart for our whole church. And so uh, these are just the things. The first thing is that God uh, has put on my heart to dream again um, for my physical, mental, and spiritual health. That I want, he wants to help remap my physical, uh, mental, and spiritual health. He also wants to... Um, he wants me to dream again for my financial health. How many of you guys are ready for God to do something in 2020 with your finances? Anybody uh, want to join me with that? And so, man, I'm praying that God's going to do that. Now, here's what I tell you. Don't look for harvest if you ain't putting seed in the ground. It wasn't even in my notes, but I'm going to give it to you. All right, so uh, number three is he wants me to dream again about my marriage health. My marriage health. Uh, me and my wife, we're doing fantastic. Like, I, I love that woman. She's way better than I deserve. Um, and, but here's what I'll tell you. Our marriage can get better. Because if your marriage isn't getting better, it's getting dormant. And so, man, I am just going to choose to uh, make our marriage as good as possible, which means um, letting her pick all the restaurants moving forward. Anyway, so, uh, which as soon as someone opens the restaurant, I don't care, uh, then we will have decided every meal for the rest of our marriage. So that'll be perfect. 
ladies, you do care, just tell us, okay? So at least you care about what you don't want to eat, and maybe just start there. Can, fellas, can we acknowledge that would be great, right? It's okay. God wants me to dream again about my friends and my family's health. So uh, God is actually speaking, as a pastor, he's speaking to me about my friends and my family and how we can help their health. And then lastly, he wants me to dream again about our, this church's health. And I've never dropped my dream for this church, but uh, we're taking this year, and we want to become the healthiest believers possible. And here's why. If we can become the healthiest believers, the healthiest Christians, the healthiest people, then we can have healthy homes and healthy marriages and healthy families, which means we can be a healthy church. And so my desire is to encourage you to lead your family and be uh, the best possible Christian. Not the best as in a tiered structure of how God sees that you are or aren't hitting your checklist of spiritual boxes. More so, how are you functioning as a believer in this chaotic world that we live in? And I'm just going to tell you, getting into next year with the election, it's only going to get worse. I ain't going to talk about politics. That's not what I'm doing today. What I'm telling you is... You need to be the best believer you can be so that you can block out the noise that have got nothing to do with you. And we can introduce people to Jesus in the best possible way. Can I get an amen on that? Let's go to Genesis 37. It's in your notes. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. In Genesis 37, and we're going to pick up at verse 3. Now, what's happening here in Genesis chapter 37 is there's the story of this man, Joseph. And he's a young man at the time, a teenager. And God gives him a dream. Turn to your neighbor and say, dream. God gives him a dream. And so uh, we see how Joseph is viewed in the eyes of his family in verses 3 and 4. So it says this. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And so Joseph is the youngest, uh, the son of the old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him. Say hated and could not speak peacefully with him. Now, some of y'all got family you can't speak peacefully with. And any of y'all got the only way you measure a successful Christmas is whether or not the police do or don't get called. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Any of y'all? Okay. Not me, but I'm just saying maybe you live in that space. Joseph's family is so disrupted because his father loves him more than he loves any other sons, gives him this coat and so on and so forth. And so this is what happens. Joseph uh, has these dreams, right? And so he has two separate dreams. In one dream, he, there are uh, different grain bundles and all of the other grain bundles as they gather as farmers, all the other grain bundles bow down to his, right? Then he has a second dream where the sun and moon and stars bow down to him. And so he kind of uh, does the dumbest thing possible. He tells everyone about it. Now, here's what I want to tell you as we kick off this Dream Again series. For some of you, you need to be careful who you let your dream get communicated to. Hear me for a second. Everybody's not for you. I'll say it this way. Everybody in your circle is not for you. There are some people that only want you to be as successful as they are. And the minute you become more than they are, then they got something bad to say about what you're doing. And we need to be careful who we communicate our dream to. And so Joseph goes to his family and he's like, this is what happened. All your grain uh, bundles, they, they bow down to mine. And so immediately, what are the brothers saying? Shut up. 
And so they're looking at him like, are you suggesting that we're going to bow down to you? And so he's communicating his dreams. Well, that just makes the brothers upset. Everybody's mad. The Thanksgiving is ruined. Someone flips the table over. I'm just kidding. None of that was part of the scripture. But everyone is upset. And so we pick up in Genesis 37, right? And so what happens is uh, in Genesis 37, 19 through 20 is uh, the brothers see him coming, right? So uh, at some point, the father sends his son, Joseph, out to find the rest of his brothers, And so when his brothers see him coming from a ways off, this is what they say in verse 19. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come, now let's kill him and throw him into one of these pits. Man, his dream was so powerful that they wanted to kill him. We'll throw him in one of these pits and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Now hear me for a second. For some of you, your dream is so powerful that the enemy and other people around you would be willing to do away with you if it meant doing away with the dream. And see, God wants to do something amazing in and through your life. See, it wasn't the man. It was the dream inside of the man. Hear me for a second. It wasn't Joseph. It was the dream inside of Joseph that they finally had enough with. It was the purpose of the person. You see, the enemy isn't interested in coming after you if you're doing nothing to threaten him. I I, I played basketball, uh, and, and as I played basketball, one of the things that I learned is the people that absolutely have no talent and skill, the coach ain't yelling at. See, the coach doesn't go horse for a player with no potential or talent. But when a coach is trying to pull something great out of a player, he will yell until he's swallowing blood from yelling so hard to get that player to reach the potential that he has. You see, God is trying to move us into our potential. And for some of you, you are being continually attacked. It feels like things are coming against you. Your world is going crazy. Can I tell you something? The reason it is hard is because God has great purpose for your life. The reason you are struggling, the reason why you are going through things, the reason why you are trying to fight, and it feels like different things are coming at you. The, the brothers are coming for you. You're being thrown into pits. It feels like all hell is breaking loose in your life. The reason that it feels that all that is going on is because there's something great in you that God wants to do with your life. And so the purpose in you is so huge. And so, man, I remember thinking, I remember having a dream when I was younger. I remember being uh, 17 years old and I couldn't wait to grow up. How foolish of me. Anybody remember being a teenager? Like, I can't wait till I'm an adult. Boy, if we could go back. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. False. Right? I'm going to get to do me. I get, I get to be me. No one's going to. False. This means you work longer hours. You're tired all the time, and you can't figure out why your body hurts. That's what it means to grow up, teenagers. So just hang tight, okay? It's great. So anyway, so. But I remember uh, as we were younger, and I remember I had like this plan, right? So uh, my plan was uh, I'm going to get married. Uh, then we're going to get the perfect home for our marriage. I'm going to have the perfect job. Right, have the I'm gonna build up a good bank account, and all these things were gonna happen. And and I can tell you this, coming out of my teenage years, which I was a complete knucklehead for, 
Uh, I did marry an amazing woman. She's beautiful. She loves me. She puts up with me, which that's just a, a skill in and of itself. And so she's awesome, and she's here somewhere, apparently. So she's incredible, and, and we bought our first home together, and we were homeowners in our early 20s, and man, God was just blessing that. And, and what, what's truly spectacular, and I just want to hit the pause button, if you look back in our life, if you look back in my life, uh, around 17, 18 years old, I had nothing. I didn't have anything to my name, nothing. I had just come out of being in, in complete drug environments. I was dealing drugs. I was doing drugs. I was being a complete idiot. I was wasting away my life. 17 years old, that's where I was. By 21, God had given me a beautiful wife, a relationship with the Lord that created the universe, a home, and had set me on track. And so wherever you are today, it's never too late for where God wants to take you. And so so I go for the perfect home. I've got a great job. I'm making plenty of money. I'm not even, it doesn't matter how much, but I was making, everything was great. Bank accounts building up. Thing. Everything that I dreamed of for myself was right where I wanted to be. Uh, had uh, our first son, uh, Jabin. And so as we have Jabin, we step into ministry. And can I tell you something? In that season, every dream I ever had went away. Our little boy, Jabin, that's our picture of me, Ashley, and Jabin. And... When he was a year and a half years old, gets diagnosed with a brain disease. And as a matter of fact, May 18th of 2018, Jesus chose to take him home to heaven. And from 17 years old, I had dreams. There was something in me that I had a passion, I had drive, I knew where I was going, I had, had everything just set up perfect. I knew exactly what we were going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and how foolish of us to ever think that our bank account is ever actually prepared to have kids. <laughs> but nonetheless, and when Jabin gets sick, and we're in ministry, and all the dreams I had quickly went away, because the only dream that I wanted was the one that I never got. And sometimes life circumstance comes at us that way, where we stop dreaming because circumstances become too difficult. And here's what I want to tell you. The enemy is not interested in destroying you. He's interested in destroying what God has put in you. He'll do everything he can to knock you off track, to get you off course. He's not interested in destroying you. If your faith is in Jesus and you are secured in that faith that the grace that is afforded to you through the cross of Jesus Christ has saved you and is sanctifying you until the moment you stand before God and experience heaven and eternal glory, you are in that grace that carries you, but the enemy is still after you, not to destroy you now, but to destroy the purpose that is in you. You see, John 10.10 10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He is out on a, with a wrecking ball trying to destroy everything that's inside of you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to tear you down. Maybe you still go to heaven, but at the end of the day, at least you're going there unsuccessful at bringing anybody with you. You see, he wants to destroy that purpose that's inside of you. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That when God sets purpose into our life, he takes us to heights we can never go by ourselves. And here's the reality, and this is what happens, is that when the enemy, what the enemy can't destroy, 
he'll make dormant. What the enemy can't destroy, he'll make dormant. You see, if you can't take your life, if he can't come in and destroy, if he can't come in and wreck your faith, then he'll make you dormant in your faith. He'll make you, if he can't take your purpose away, he'll make you so distracted with your journey that you can't even see your purpose anymore. The enemy will convince you to trade your, good, your God dream for a golden dream. He'll make you chase something that God never had designed for you. But how? Well, he does it by trying to distract you with something that looks more appealing. By trying to distract you with something that looks more appealing. Anybody else notice that we live in an age of Instagram where everyone's life is portrayed to be better than it actually is? Where we try to keep up with the life of someone else that they don't even live? In Exodus 32, uh, Moses is up on the mountain, and uh, what happens is because he's on the mountain too long, the people of Israel come to Aaron, and they say, Aaron, we want something to worship. Moses has been gone too long, so we want something else to worship. Matter of fact, in Exodus 32, 2 through 4, it's in your notes, it's going to show up on the screen. Aaron answered them. He says, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So that all the, and so all the people took off the earrings, they brought them to Aaron, and he took what they handed him, and he made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf. And so Moses is on the mountain, he's hearing from God, genuine words of revelation. God, he's having a God experience, and while he's doing that, the people that he's supposed to be leading are building an idol for themselves. And here's a question I have for you. Has God ever taken so long to give you the thing that you feel like he promised you that you start chasing something else instead? Well, God, you didn't come through over here, so I'm just going to go do this. And we start building golden dreams because God's taking too long with the godly dreams. But he wants to bring us back to this place where he is everything in our hearts. The journey of spiritual highs and conferences and church services. How quickly we go back to, man, we're going through, we're loving God, we're serving God, we're in this space with God. We come, we meet the Lord. And so we decide that we're going to burn all of our Carter three albums, right? And so we're going to, we're taking our Metallica CDs and we're throwing them in the fire. And then it hisses at us. And it's like, ah, demons. And it's like, well, maybe it's just plastic in the fire, but okay. And so we get in this space where we're sitting here and we have this emotional, spiritual moment where we know God has spoken back into us some powerful things. Um, But then what happens is next week and then the week after and then the week after and then the week after we find ourselves going back to the golden dreams rather than the God dreams. And God is saying, You have to stay focused on where I'm taking you. And that's why we're kicking this year off trying to communicate to you. Can we get focused on what God wants to do in and through our lives and become committed to that? And so we find ourselves in this space. And so since the beginning of the time, that's been the hardest part is since the beginning of time, Satan has been going out of his way to try to convince you that what God wants for you isn't good enough and that you should want something greater. When you go to Genesis 3, 4 through 5, this is in the garden where Adam and Eve are there. And God says, you, everything in this garden is yours, but you can't touch this one tree. So guess what happens? They couldn't even stay away from the one tree. 
Satan uh, comes and tempts him. He says, you won't die. See, God says, if you touch this tree, touch the fruit of it, you'll surely die. Satan comes and says, you won't die. He says to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. And so many of you know the story, right? Eve takes the fruit. And then after she takes the fruit, she gives it to Adam and he eats the fruit. And now we're all in this mess because these two knuckleheads. You can have it all, but just don't eat of this fruit. Right? And so what happens? They take of the fruit, man. Now, how many of you guys think to yourself, you had one job? Anybody? Like you had one job. Don't eat that fruit. And how many of us are honest enough with ourselves to be like, we kind of judge Adam and Eve. Like, well, if it was me. I wouldn't eat the fruit. I'd have told that woman she could fly a kite, you know. The woman, I'd have told that snake to go somewhere. How many of us kind of feel like, man, you had one job. Like, all you had to do was not eat the fruit. You see, and this is what's funny, right? Because uh, as we uh, kind of judge them and we look at it like, why did you eat the fruit? Like, why would you do that? Well, the reality is we know the end of the story now, right? So because we know the end, we know what they should have done in the middle. Anybody ever seen the movie The Sixth Sense? Right? Bruce Willis and all that stuff. Spoiler alert. All right. It's 20 years old. If you haven't seen it by now, then whatever. At the end of the movie, we find out Bruce Willis has been dead the whole time. Right? And so when you go back and watch it again, you're like, oh, it was right there the whole time. She like, it gets cold and she's breathing and like, you can see the, the breath and now it's cold because he was dead the whole time. Oh my gosh. No wonder everyone didn't see him, because no one can, except for the weird kid. But we can look at it and be like, oh, no wonder, like he was dead the whole time. See, this is what happens to, to us, right? Because we've read the whole book of Genesis, at least the story of Adam and Eve, because we know the story, we can look back and go, why would you do that? The hard part is we can't even do that to our own life because we're in the middle of it. You see, we can't look back and go, we can't look at this current moment and say, why are you making these bad decisions? Why do you keep choosing the golden dream instead of the godly dream? We can't do that because we're in the middle of it. But how many guys know that you can look back at something from five years and go, what an idiot I was? Because you're looking back on something that was completed. And in the middle of your life right now, you can't, you're having to choose to trust that God is for you, even though sometimes it feels like he's against you. But can I tell you something? The Bible says that he is for you, that he's looking out for you, that he gives all good things come from God uh, for your life. And so as he's for you, it doesn't mean you're always going to get all the best things in your life. It means that God's always going to carry you through everything in your life. And so we trade good dreams for Or we trade God dreams for golden dreams, right? And so this is so important because what happens is we find ourselves just like Adam and Eve. We look at them and say, man, why would you choose the fruit? Like, why would you eat the fruit? You only have one job. Just don't eat this. You can spend all this time with God. You get to experience his presence. Just don't eat the fruit. And what do you do? You eat the fruit. But you want, can I tell you something? You want to know what the reality is? We judge them for eating the fruit, but we eat the fruit every day. God says, don't do that. Don't text that girl. 
Don't jump in those DMs. What do we do? We do it. Don't say that. Don't gossip about that person. Don't lie about that person. Don't inflate your ego. Don't become self-ambitious. Don't become narcissistic. Stay off of social media. Spend more time with me. And what do we do? God is giving us directions all day, every day. And we may follow some of them, but we can all acknowledge that there are some days we take the fruit still. And what God is trying to say is what I have for you will always be better than what the enemy is trying to give you. From Adam and Eve in the beginning all the way to today, his goal is to try to get you to fall in love with something that God created rather than the creator himself. And this is why we need people around us. This is why we need healthy people, right? Because we need people to keep us on track with what that looks like. And just like Juwan was talking about earlier, we're kicking off small groups today and I am beyond excited. And so one of the things we want to show you today is one of our small group videos um, from Leah who joined a freedom group last semester and she loved it. So let's check it out, guys. Let's watch Leah's story. My name is Leah. I started coming to Transformation Church in January, so I'm coming up on a year. And Ellie actually invited me because I was looking for a new church since I just moved to Pensacola. I just really love the people. I felt like it was really open. There was a lot of different people there. And it was like chill and like relatable. Um, I considered joining Freedom when everybody told me it was the best experience of their entire life and they, uh, that I should do it. What does it mean? Free, I, I'm free, like what does that mean? And so I definitely was a little, a little hesitant at first. And, um, but the very first night, Miss Dana was my leader. She was so great, she was so open. Well, at first we kind of just got to know each other. Um, what were people's names? What do you guys do? What's your life like? Who, who are you friends with? Like, just get to know the people that you're about to go through the next 12 weeks with. We were all just really vulnerable with each other. And I think that was really awesome that we could all just openly discuss the things that we were going through, the real life struggles that people don't talk about and that you need freedom from, so. I discovered that I was still angry at people. I There's things that I didn't even know that I was mad about or that I needed forgiveness for, or that I should forgive other people for, that I had no idea that were still affecting me like on a daily basis until Freedom Group taught me that. And there are so many things that I was still carrying that I definitely didn't have to. And I just learned that I have to just every day wake up and be like, God, this is yours. Take it from me. I don't have to carry it. Freedom Conference. Freedom Conference was awesome. We got there and the environment was just like so awesome. Like you could tell people were like on fire and like so excited to be there. And just so many people and watching so many people's lives like get healed and changed. And just knowing that there were people that were struggling with the same things and that you could have freedom from that. And it was just really nice to see that like all these things other people are struggling with. It's not like you have to do it by yourself. You don't have to do it alone. Um, if you're hesitant, don't be. Because I definitely was, but it is so relaxed. Like people are totally cool. This totally chill. Like they are just wanna talk to you. They wanna get to know you. They wanna know what you struggle with because most of the time they have been exactly where you are and they can help you get through what you're going through right now. I, yeah, I definitely think the most rewarding part of freedom is just like uncovering things that I didn't even know that I was struggling with and that I can just be like completely open and give that to God. And I, whereas like before freedom, I didn't even know it was a problem. I just think being able to identify and like look deeper into yourself and be like, really evaluate and be like, God, like, what do you, what do you got for me? What are you working on with me? That kind of thing.
And so, yeah, absolutely. You can put your hands together for that. Appreciate Leah. We appreciate your story, how God is doing something in your life. And, and here's the reality. You know, we need people in our life because we need people to help keep us on track. We need people to help us uh, stay fixed on God's dream for our life. And here's, here's the reality. Our dreams become dormant when we trade them for our desires. Our dreams become dormant when we trade them for our desires. So we have this thing that God has spoken into our heart, but then we become fixated with something else, right? And, and what happens is Ecclesiastes 3 says that God has set eternity into our hearts, that there's a season for everything, that, that, and each and every single person, there is a longing to know God, to know the God of the universe, to know the creator, to know a deity, and that we want to connect to him. So because there's eternity in every one of our hearts, God has created a Jesus-sized uh, space in our life that we're constantly trying to fill. And here's the reality. Nothing you are desiring right now will ever fill the emptiness in your life the way Jesus is supposed to. Jesus is the only all-satisfying goodness that can tilt the scales of emptiness in our hearts back right. So when life feels out of balance and you feel like no matter how hard you try to do the religious things, you never quite feel like you're accomplishing enough, it's because you weren't supposed to accomplish enough. You were supposed to go to the one who already accomplished it for you. We go back to the story of Joseph. But when Reuben, his brother, heard that they were going to kill him, he rescued him out of their hands saying, let's not take his life. Thank God for Reuben. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Now, it's special because uh, what <laughs> Reuben intended to do he was thinking to himself, you read later in scripture where he says that he was, he intended to go back and actually get Joseph. He wanted to rescue him. And so uh, they are there. And I think oftentimes this is where many of us find ourselves because in the pits of life is where the dream becomes dormant, isn't it? When you feel like life is throwing you into a pit, when you feel like circumstances have come against you and you've kind of just given up, you've given up on your dream because your dream went dormant when you were in the pit of life. I know my dream died a little bit when my son got sick. I know we went through some family things a few years back. And in that space, a lot of our dreams died because we became so consumed by working in our life that none of us were working on our life. We became so consumed with what God was trying to do in us, we weren't looking for what God was trying to do through us. But I wanna tell you today, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. Genesis 37, 28, then the Midianite traders passed by and they pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Some of y'all are like, I'd have sold my brother for five, but you know, whatever. Sold him for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. Now, throughout the rest of this series, we're gonna hear more about Joseph's story. But we wanted to start in chapter 37 today because what we wanted you to understand 
is that Joseph's dream never went away, but his circumstances oftentimes made him forget about it. And for you, your dream isn't gone, but maybe your circumstances have caused you to forget about it. See, in the hardest parts of life, does the dream become dead, dormant, or do we become determined that God will still do what he's spoken to our hearts that he has set out to do? We're going to find out in the weeks to come whether or not Joseph follows through. So here's what I want to invite you to do is I want to invite you to write dreams down this week. Maybe you do it today before you even eat lunch. Dreams for your, fa- for your faith. What is your dream that God wants to do in your life and drawing him close to you? Dreams for your family. What is it that God wants to do in your family? Write that down. And dreams for whatever else you believe God wants to do in your life. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it is your career. Maybe it is your education. What are the dreams that God is speaking to you? Write them down and put them somewhere so that we can pray over them every day throughout this year that God would keep the dream alive. Can I get an amen on that? That God would keep the dream alive. Because the Bible says that when you have the vision, write it down. Because without vision, the people perish. So you wanna keep your dream alive? Write it down, pray over it, give it to God, and watch what God does when we align ourselves with where he's at. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. God, I pray that you just speak dreams back into our hearts again. I pray that you speak a desire to see you do something great in our lives. So we give you every one of our dreams. We surrender to you. And we pray that you move in our lives. Don't let us be like the Israelites, God, where we, you, we feel like you took too long. Because you took too long, we build our own idols. But let us stay fixed and focused on who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name, with your head bowed and your eyes closed in this place. If you're here and you are wanting to know God, now maybe you know about God, maybe you know enough about God to know that your life isn't right with God, but you want Jesus to take control of your life. You don't, you don't just need a God dream, you need God. And can I tell you something? At one point, all of us were that person. And so today with no one looking around and our eyes are closed and our attention is on God, if you're in this room and you need Jesus to give you a fresh start and a new beginning, we wanna pray with you right now that God would meet you right where you're at. So I wanna pray with you. So if you're here, you say, that's me, Brad. I need God in my life. I need my sins to be forgiven. I need grace to carry me in. I want to spend an eternity with God in heaven. If that's you, you say, I want a fresh start. Would you raise your hand right where you sit and say, that's me. I just need, Brad, I need help. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Once you put your hands up, you can put them down. Like, we're not going to embarrass you in any way. If there's more in here right now, says, that's me, Brad. I, I need a fresh start, man. I, I, need, I need God to wash away my past and I'm ready for a new beginning. Are there more that says, that's me? That's, you'll raise your hand with these that already have. Awesome. Maybe you're, maybe you're watching us online. You say, that's me, Brad. I, I, I need that. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray. And I'm gonna invite the whole church to pray this prayer with us. So you're gonna repeat after me. 
Now, this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is confessing that you're believing in your heart. It, it's putting words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm trusting in you that you're forgiving me of my sins and give me a fresh start. And so let's pray this together and the whole church will pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I come to you. I confess that you're God. And I believe that Jesus, you laid your life down for me. So I believe that you rose from the dead and I believe that you paid for my sins. So I wanna follow you. I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that. Perhaps the first time we celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.